Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. One-two pitch. Bader hits it out to deep left. It's at the wall. Gone! It's gone! Bader, two-run blast. Birds on top here at the seventh. We love the enthusiasm of the voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports. Dan McLaughlin, a member of our family here at 101 ESPN, and Danny Mack is with us now as he gets ready for the Cards and the Royals this afternoon, 12-15 on Valley Sports. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Good. It was fun to see Bader come through, not just come through, but come through in that situation yesterday. You know, it was uh, a situation where the outfield right now, power numbers have been down. I mean, you've had one home run outside of that moment by an outfielder this year. That puts it in perspective, and that was on opening day, Tyler O'Neill. So the Cardinals essentially went a full month with just one home run from their outfield. Um, I think Bader, though, has played well. Uh, you know, you look at what he contributes defensively day in and day out. Uh, I do think Carlson's going to be fine. I do think O'Neill's going to be fine. It's just a matter of time. We say that all the time in baseball, but it is true. So it was a great moment. The Cardinals needed that. They earned a split. Um, Diamondbacks pitched well, but uh, I would love to have seen three out of four, if not a sweep in a four-game series. But they get the split, and it's a makeup game today. And, Dan, when we were growing up, Jack and Mike always used to talk about warm weather hitters. And I think once we get into a regular schedule of 80 degree days I really do think that this team will warm up I I think that this team fits that mold Jack and Mike never dealt with the humidor either that's true good point <laughs> and, and uh but I I mean that in a good way to your point in a bad way so uh talking with some scouts before the game I guess it was two days ago they said that you know that so now the humidor is in every stadium for people that don't know so it's been added to 20 different ballparks and the scout said that cold weather areas really are, are having an issue with it and that when it does warm up, they think that offense actually is going to start to jump and, and get even better than uh, what it was last year at times when the ball was really jumping. So it's going to be kind of fascinating to see uh, once it does warm up. So I'm with you, Randy. I mean, to your point, and, you know, Jack and Mike obviously watched a lot of baseball and We've all seen a lot of baseball. It, it does seem to do that. When it warms up, it seems like the ball jumps. Now, I, I will say this. What was really interesting was um, when we were in Cincinnati and you did not have one home run in those three games from either side. And on the Saturday game, it was probably like 84, 85 degrees, something like that. I mean, it was warm. And the wind was blowing out to left. And it was one of those days like a routine fly ball into left field, you would think, well, that's going to blow out. That's going to that's going to get uh, into the seats and be a home run, and it never happens. So, um, whether it's the ball, whether it's the expanded rosters, um, because now you have fresh arms coming in from the bullpen, which ends today, uh, they'll have to cut the roster down across baseball, or maybe it's the actual ball itself or the humidor. Who knows? But uh, offense is just way way down across the board in baseball. Dan, a two-inning save from Ryan Helsley yesterday. He gets 103.1 on the gun. He's absolutely filthy. I know you spoke about this on the broadcast yesterday, but do you eventually see Ryan Helsley uh, filling that closer role? I I don't know if they would ever say, Michelle, 
okay, this is our clear-cut closer in the back end of games. Um, and I, I think, though, what they will do is that you'll have situations like you had yesterday. So in the eighth inning, you had a six-pitch inning, you know, and he's he's hit 103.1 on the gun. So why take him out? Um, why not just, you know, push him for the ninth and let him get the final three outs? And he's probably off limits today. So I think that's a scenario that you'll see because they feel very comfortable with him in the back end of games. I do think um, that there's going to be times where this year, and and Ollie's been pretty clear about this, is that, look, we don't have a clear-cut closer. It may be Helsley some nights. It may be Gallegos other nights. Um, And he's done that, I think, by design because there's going to be matchups that happen in the 6th or the 7th that you may see a Ryan Helsley come in to face the three top hitters on the opposing team with the game on the line. It's a one-run game. It's a tie game. We want to make it make sure it stays that way. Um, and he comes in and gives you maybe the sixth or the seventh. And then conversely, I think Gallegos, if they like the matchups for those three hitters, he would be the guy that goes in there in the sixth or the seventh. And I, I had a long conversation with Ali about this. I've always been one that believed in, the, in you know, it's, philosophical differences on this, but I always felt like, look, if the game's on the line in the seventh and your closer is your best option to get you to the eighth, well, you got to get to the eighth first, right? You got to get to the ninth first with that lead or with a save opportunity. So why not do it earlier? And Ali's kind of 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 that mindset too. So I I think those scenarios I just laid out will be presented to to Ali at times this year, and I, I think that that's the direction he'd go. I mean, you'd have basically two pseudo, uh, you know, two uh, closers that could, uh, you know, in in name, I guess, that could get you that uh, that twenty seventh out. So, I think at times we're going to see that. Hey, Dan, as you mentioned, the Cardinals cut down the roster today, and they've played twenty one games. And Jake Woodford, who's an important part of this team, but he's only pitched in four games. Do you think there is a desire to keep, get Woodford a little more more action, just so that he can be sharper? I think so. Um, it was interesting, right? I mean, April 10th, he, he pitched and then didn't pitch for, what, two and a half weeks or whatever it was. And I know what Ollie was trying to do, which was, okay, he's my long guy, and our starters aren't stretched out, so we're going to be really careful. And then scenarios unfolded in the game where it was like, well, that would have been Woodford, but we got this situation, so we got to go to this guy, and we have so many arms out there, and it just didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Randy. I think now with the rosters being cut back a little bit and the fact that he has at times been effective when he's used, um, you know, why not go to him if you have that chance? And if not, then he goes to the minor leagues, and I would assume then at that point you stretch him out and you continue to allow him to potentially be a starter. Dan, I I think the person that I'm the most pleasantly surprised by so far this season is Miles Michaelis, who's looked outstanding. Uh, he's he's been great this year, and with these performances, is becoming a major major part of this rotation. What have you seen so far from Miles Michaelis this year? Healthy. Um, talked to him the other day, and the same thing with Ryan Helsley. Um, I, I visited with Ryan when we were in Milwaukee, and I said, "Man, your secondary stuff is so good. What's the difference?" And he said, uh, "My left knee." You know, with my lead knee, when, I, when I'm able to pitch, I'm able to get over the top of my knee. And he said, I overcompensated with the pain that I was dealing with. And so I just, you know, didn't even realize I was doing some things mechanically maybe, but I haven't changed anything, but now I'm healthy. Talked to Miles uh, on the last road trip about that. And he said, you know, when I finish a pitch, it, it feels like it's supposed to feel. I feel healthy again. I feel really good again. And 
my soreness is not being hurt. And there's a difference between the two. And he's been awesome. So you look at what you know he's had to deal with in his last three starts. He had Sandy Alcantara, he had Max Scherzer, and he went pitch to pitch with those guys, inning to inning. And then uh, Merrill Kelly this this past uh, weekend, and Kelly was really good for Arizona. So. Uh, Miles has been fantastic this year. It's been fun to watch. Hey, Dan, one of the topics of late last week and the weekend was the idea of bringing up Gorman to play second and moving Edmund to short, and Ali kind of shot that down. By the way, Gorman hitting three twenty one with a 1.141 OPS at Memphis, 11 home runs in uh, 78 at-bats. But I just want to get your take on that, and I'll, I'll tell you and I, I, well, you don't have to agree or not, but I just go back to when the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs, and I thought a lot of the reason that they didn't in 16, 17, 18 was because the defense wasn't good. And like Ali said, you weaken yourselves at two positions, especially two up-the-middle positions, but you do get better offense, uh, presumably. So what? what's your thought? Boy, there, there's a lot of things they're ready to unpack. Um Number one is a real simple answer is that they need better production at shortstop. The combination of DeYoung and Sosa offensively just hasn't been um, where you would like it to be. Defensively, by the way, very good. They're actually above average, the combination of those two guys. So that's that's one thing, and I understand where the fans are coming from and, and uneasiness with that. I do. And the people that all involved all do. You know, Ali hears it. I've talked to Ali about it. He He knows you know, that's what people are saying. Why don't you bring this guy up and why don't you move Tommy there? And the one thing I would say, well, there's a bunch of things I would say, so I'll probably be scattered all over the place here and follow me. But Tommy, number one, defensively at second base, is better than even he was a year ago. So all the metrics say that. And I, I just don't really want to move him if I was, you know, right now. I mean, we're, we're May 2nd or 3rd or whatever it is. Um because he's been so good there, and I just think he settled in, in in every facet of his game. Hitting from the left side of the plate, which was a concern coming into this season. The fact that he had a poor spring at the plate, he only had two hits. Now he's hitting, and he's been a good leadoff guy. His his walk rate is up, all those things. So do I really want to mess with that? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to present some things here. And then the other part is, with that, when you move him to short, it's a whole different set of responsibilities defensively that you do think about, and not to say he hasn't done it before, but that's something else that you put on his plate. Um, secondly, the contract for DeYoung, it's very club-friendly. Obviously, they're trying and, and really have stretched this for the better part of a couple of years now to try to get him right. Um, that's something to keep in mind. The other thing about Gorman is that he's not Tommy defensively, but he's smacking the ball everywhere but his strikeout rate, swing and miss rate is pretty high. And so when you get to the major leagues, you know, I I don't know if you would expect him to carry over what he's doing in the minors. Be fun to find out, watch. But at this point, I'm not sure that that would carry over just because your swing and miss rate usually typically will go up because pitchers are better, hit their spots. And so those kind of things do happen. But do I think he's going to be a successful hitter here? Hit for power? Absolutely. So, those are just some of the things that come to mind when I when I look at that shortstop situation. But 
the bottom line is they, they need production from it, and all those involved in that decision-making process understand that. It's got to be better. And by the way, Dan, going back to your comment about the Cardinals defensively at shortstop, the Angels are eight defensive runs saved, which is outrageous to start the season. Their shortstops are. But then it's the Marlins and the Cardinals in second place, each with four defensive runs saved at the shortstop position. So as you say, the Cardinals not only above average, but way above pretty much everybody else in baseball in terms of their defensive efficiency at shortstop. Yeah, and I think we wouldn't be having this conversation as much if, let's say, Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill were doing what we expect them to do, right? So you'd be able to, to hide that spot in the lineup a little bit more, be easier to take if others were producing. And you're getting great production now out of Goldie and Arenado. Albert had a good game yesterday. Um, Kisner's been very, very good uh, behind the plate, but and Tommy at the top, but we're talking about some other guy, key guys that you're expecting to be better. And if they were, then the focal point wouldn't be so much on the shortstop position. And the other part is, too, is that Paul clearly has struggled last year and, and the year before, so you're expecting him to try to get back to the level that he was. Um, and hopefully he does. He's a good guy. I know he's putting in the work, so we'll see if it happens. Hey, we know you've got your main gig, but we miss you on Thursdays and Fridays. We do, Dan, big time. Why? I mean, you guys you guys got this thing down to a science. No, Dan, we, we miss having you in here with us. You made us laugh all the time. I, I miss you cheering for the listener with me when Randy <laughs> competes in the fight. I miss the updates on Doug the dog. How's Doug doing? Oh, Doug's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. Doug's, Doug's just, um, Doug was up about uh, 4 o'clock this morning. That means I was up and uh, didn't get to, I couldn't fall asleep till about 2. So I've had about two hours sleep, but that's okay. Good. You know, it, it happens. You guys know how it works. 12-15 game today, and then the Cardinals get on a plane for Kansas City, and it's only a 40-minute flight. So even if you can sleep on a plane, it's, plane, it's not, a, not a great thing. No, this is a, this is a quick one, man. Uh, they come in 12-15. Uh, I guess we're going to have bad weather later coming in tonight. they got to start getting these games in. Um, this is a long stretch of baseball. Doesn't it feel like it for yeah, you guys? You definitely. know, 20, 20 games in 20 days, and uh, and then you got two with Kansas City there. Then you go to San Francisco for four, and then the, the club a week from today will have an off day. So I'm, I'm sure the guys are looking forward to that because – it's a uh, it's a long year, but it's been fun, man. It's 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 great to be back. It's great to be traveling too. Um, hopefully, I'll remember to pack my shirts, which I did not do last time, and my razor. So, uh, yeah, it's you know getting back in the swing of it. It's been fun. Joan still remembers one time I surprised her with a trip to San Francisco. I picked her up at work, and we flew out there. And I didn't know what sort of makeup and stuff, so I just took all the makeup she had, like a huge bag of makeup, and put it in the suitcase. Wow. But I yeah, didn't bring I would, the right clothes either. She, I, she got to shop because I didn't bring the right clothes. Oh, well, that's that's the other part of it, too. Did you guys go to Skomas? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. We make you that trick. Go to Skomas. The, the Skomas, uh, they, they've got a shrimp salad, like a, a little shrimp salad that's absolutely delicious. So if you make it over there, try that. How about the clam chowder? I like clam chowder on the street, Dan. I, 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 I just like it. I get it in the bread bowl on the street. Is that right? Yeah. So... But I'm not sure I want street chowder. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> it's fantastic. You All got, right. You got to give it a shot. Well, this is when, uh, this is the famous uh, uh, John Miller when he he, <laughs> he came up to, uh, I was working with Tim. Tim always found a way to get to New York, Chicago, San Francisco. It's funny how those things worked <laughs> it's out. It's kind of interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, he said, oh, did you guys go out to eat last night? And, and uh, Jim Hazer's in the, the booth, too. And we said, oh, yeah. 
you know, we went to this great place. It was ranked number one in the state and all this different. I mean, it was awesome. And he says, uh, you know, hey, Jim, what did you do? And he said, well, I, I got, uh, you know, I just uh, got takeout. And, I mean, John Miller, takeout? You, uh, takeout? What? How do you have takeout? You're in San Francisco. And, he, and then the next thing was like 20 minutes later, Jim's still in the corner getting uh, talked to by John Miller about having takeout in San Francisco. <laughs> Chinese. That's what he said. You had Chinese. He didn't like it. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Have so, a great trip. We'll be talking to you. And uh, have fun today in the twelve fifteen contest against Mike Matheny and the Royals. All right, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right. See you later. Danny Mack on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.